You're listening to Real Crime, the Movie Sleuth Podcast. What's up, everybody? Good evening. How are we doing tonight? Pretty good. Yeah? Are we ready? Ready. I'm ready as ever. Ready. Awesome. Well, this is episode 113 Jeez. of Real Crime. We've been doing this for a while now. Kind of crazy. Kind of yeah. crazy, crazy. I haven't been on in a while either. No, you haven't been on in a while. Like, I don't even think we were in the hundreds last time I was on here. No, I think you were on a few ago. I'm pretty yeah, sure. You were on with me with a couple of the uh, Stephen King ones. Oh, and I think that's right. My first one was like 10 something. Oh, okay. Cool. 104, maybe? Yeah, yeah the somewhere King around King there. Was the last one I was on. Yeah. yeah. So it's been a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think that was like around episode 108, 109. Because oh, okay. we skipped quite a few weeks, too. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, all right. So let's jump right into it. Uh, first thing we want to mention is our sponsors, as usual, Sellerman's. Have you been there yet, Michelle? I've been to Sellerman's before. Yeah, the yeah. place is great. So, and I and I get their stuff even like if I'm not like actually physically go there, like I drink their stuff. Yeah, Dana gets their uh, their pineapple stuff quite a bit yeah, too. Yeah, it's good. So, yeah, it's really good. I love the raspberry. I can't remember what the name of it is though, but Rasgar, yeah. I think. I still need to get there every week. I'm I'm tempted. Yeah, by what I hear. Yeah. Well, we'll just all have to go as a group one of these days. I would love to. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of do the party thing. Um, and then, of course, Flint Institute of Arts. Great place. Lots of cool stuff there all the time. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere else I need to go. That's, that's you know, a little far from me. But, I mean, it's I'm always looking for fun stuff to do. Yeah, and... yeah. Man, we're all so low energy tonight. We need to wake up. <laughs> um, I, should, I usually drink a coffee before I come on here. Yeah. And then I didn't. You know, I... I was out. So... I usually don't. You drink a coffee, and I did, so I think I'm kind of like, I'm either coming down of caffeine high, <laughs> or I'm I'm gonna like jump on one in the middle of it and start talking a mile a minute. So we'll yeah, see. and then of course projectorscreen.com, great website for lots of home theater stuff. So definitely make sure to check them out too. So in news this week, Scott's not here to say that I got beat up. So, but you did, but I did. (laughs) It's been a long few days of a lot of uh, Star Wars news. Um, And today there was an announcement on MTV News, an interview with Kathleen Kennedy of Lucasfilm announcing that they are working on Knights of the Old Republic, which is. Is pretty big news for Star Wars fans Mm -hmm. because for years a lot of us have wanted to see some other adaptation of that other than the video game. Yeah, the you know what's funny is the only Star Wars game I've ever played and liked was the Knights of the Old Republic. I liked that one and the second one. I thought they were really good. Like I really liked the lore in it and stuff. I was like, man, why isn't Star Wars normally like all this stuff? And And that's what a lot of people are saying right now. Like this is the Star Wars we've wanted instead of what you've been giving us for so long. Are they based on books or something, or what um, is that? You know, I'm not really sure on that. To be honest with you, I'm not really sure. So, but the the story in it was really good. I think there was a comic book. Oh, okay. I think there was a book. I'm trying to remember right now. I could be totally wrong, but I, I. Thought there was a book that was connected to it. So the other Star Wars news, obviously, was the trailer dropped over the weekend, which was like the biggest shit of the year, mm-hmm. other than Avengers Endgame. 
people were kind of freaking out over the return of the emperor. So that's going to be pretty cool. They're so, like, we got to pull something out of the hat to get these fans back in. Yeah, yeah. There's... <laughs> They're all salty after Last Jedi. Throw them a Palpatine. We hate you. We hate you. <laughs> but yeah, so they had the Emperor laugh at the end of the trailer. People were kind of aroused by that. So that'll be pretty exciting to see how they twist that. So, all right. And then moving on, uh, Mark... Millar has a new comic book coming out, a new science fiction comic book, female-based, called Space Bandits. Oh. And it's actually like he's working in uh, partnership with Netflix on it. So I'm imagining they may do an animated series of oh, okay. this also. So kind of cool. Um, just a little bit of different news, not remake or reboot news for once. And then the Minecraft movie is trucking along. Is that going to be a real thing? Yeah, yeah. It got pushed back again, though. Is it going to be all blocky looking? Like yeah, thing? I think so. I think so. Yeah, so um, they just pushed it back to 2022 from 2021. Wow. So it could be slightly less like, you know, <laughs> like the <laughs> Minecraft wagon has passed like five years ago. Right. So now I guess this one year is going to help it out and it's going to be a little bit less not relevant than... <laughs> <laughs> My kids still play Minecraft. I mean, I know a lot of people play it, but like, I feel like... You know the re- you know the time period to really jump mm-hmm. on the Minecraft yeah, movie making yeah. thing has passed, but you know maybe it'll win Oscar. I don't know. I'll be proven wrong. <laughs> Minecraft <laughs> wins an Oscar. Oh my goodness! Is Fortnite the movie? <laughs> Fartnite coming out. <laughs> oh, Fartnite! <laughs> I just I'm gonna keep saying that over and over again now. Fortnite's my a favorite. A lot of people on the internet call it fork knife. Yeah. Fork knife? Mm-hmm. That's like the... Why? Just because it's the internet and they're random. Because they're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's about it for news this week. Really not much going on. In releases this week, Penguins, the new Disney documentary is coming out. Also, the Conjuring Universe movie, The Curse of La Llorona. Yeah. Do you ever like see those like ads for it all the time? It's like, Curse of La Llorona. That yeah. little deep voice guy. I don't know why it's funny to me. Like, I see that shit so often because I watch a lot of YouTube and I'm like, oh, God, it's this cursed chicken. Yeah. Lots of conjuring stuff coming up. Mm -hmm. A lot. And then uh, last but not least this week, one that we saw at South by Southwest over a year ago, Mm -hmm. Fast Color is being released this week in theaters. Took a while for that It did. I thought, I was like, is this ever going to get picked up? Because it's really good. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Took a while. I love that movie, though. Yeah, you know, and I think it's it's cool because it's kind of low key, but it's also a superhero movie uh, featuring you know black women, and it was directed by a woman. So I think it'll be like a kind of like refreshing change of pace, like you know, with all these big bombastic movies coming out. It's kind of like a more of like a character piece. That's cool. Yeah, well, it was actually it was it was like way I had, I had like had no idea what it was about when we saw it at South by Southwest, and I was like, wow, this is like fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then I just never heard anything else about it, like, mm-hmm. after it got shown. Um, I think when we saw it, uh, we said it was, like, the best X-Men movie we had seen. Yeah, it's, like, it, it's like a, the best X-Men movie that's not X-Men. Like it's, yeah. But it's totally that kind of, like, vibe. But it's, like, indie, like an indie X-Men movie with black women in it. And they didn't really, like, overdo it with the visual effects either. No, yeah. It's, like, it's really, like, Very it's tapered understated back. and... But yeah, it was yeah, really good. Yeah. I hope I hope it gets a little bit of traction out there. 
Hopefully it does. I think it'll probably do better on like streaming, all yeah. video stuff over yeah. time. I wouldn't be surprised if I thought they maybe they'd release it like on demand or something at the same time, but I, mean, I guess it's gonna get a little bit of a a theatrical run. Yeah. So um suggested viewings this week. I haven't really had time to watch much, but I did on uh, Friday night, I spent some time watching the new Netflix series, Black Summer, mm-hmm. which is a prequel series to Z Nation, okay. which I've never seen, but people say it's better than The Walking Dead. Um, so I started watching Black Summer. I got about four or five episodes into it. They're not too long. They're like 35 to 40 minutes long each, and every every episode just cuts right into the next one, yeah. and it's really good. Very, and it's a prequel, so it doesn't matter that you didn't see. Yeah, exactly. Um, very, very tense. Uh, really good. A lot of good action in it, and a lot of gore. So I'm gonna suggest that you watch that. And I think that Kyle's actually doing a write up on the first season too. So. Yeah, he really likes Z Nation too. Yeah, yeah. He's like a big fan of that. So Michelle, what's your suggested viewing this week? Um, you know, I also didn't watch a whole lot of stuff because I was trying to catch up on Game of Thrones, which I did. After after using every spare moment of my life to watch <laughs> it, um, I watched a movie tonight that was pretty wild. It's a like an old trash movie from 1991 called The Suckling. Yeah, I saw your post about that. <laughs> it is about uh, a couple that ha- <laughs> they want to go get an abortion, so they go to like a back alley abortion clinic. But the clinic is also it's like a combination abortion clinic and also like a brothel. So, you know, killing two birds with one stone, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) So, but, so obviously this movie is like 100% like just trashy sleaze. So they go to this uh, back alley abortion clinic and she gets an abortion and they flush her uh, aborted fetus down the toilet and then it goes into the sewer and then like sewer ooze, like the Ninja Turtle ooze, like drops onto the fetus and then it turns into like a monster fetus. And then it tries to kill everybody in the abortion clinic. And wow. it, like, has, like, a big umbilical cord that swings around and chokes people with. And it, like, can throw placenta attacks. Like, <laughs> it could throw the placenta out. And it, like, locks. And it and it seals up all the doors in the abortion clinic with placenta. And if you, like, touch the placenta, it, like, melts your face. <laughs> Dude, I was like, what in the hell? <laughs> so this is a pro-choice, pro- pro-life movie. I don't I know. It. I'm like, is this what, is this, like, Republicans <laughs> think happens in abortion clinics? Like... <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to see this it was like it sounds fun it's so trashy and just like, like if you explain the premise to somebody they're like yeah i'm out but it's I'm, oddly i'm in yeah it's <laughs> oddly the best movie about an aborted fetus monster i've ever seen yeah like it, and the guy and the <laughs> effects were like super legit on the mm-hmm. fucking fetus like it's like they spent they obviously spent all the money on like the the fetus costume and then like everything else is like four dollars like so but uh, Vinegar Syndrome just released a restored Blu-ray 2K scan of it. So it's like the best that movie's ever looked if you really care about that movie looking good. But um, it's a really nice release, though. So if you if you want to watch it for the first time, that's like a perfect way to watch it. If you want to experience uh, the suckling and in all its glory. Can't forget that name either. <laughs> yeah. Sounds exciting. <laughs> so that was my Tuesday night. Baby want to suckle. <laughs> I'm gonna put that, that's on my watch list. That sounds good. It was pretty fun, actually. Even All if right. it's bad, I probably would still enjoy watching it. Yeah. That sounds yeah. I mean, it's not good. It's just entertaining. It's definitely, I would not say that movie is good, but 
it's definitely worth a watch. Like have like a couple beers first, <laughs> or you know, a little or something. You know, yeah. Like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny. Like Endgame has like officially like the entire movie has leaked now. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, at least that's what I'm seeing, that the entire movie has leaked online. That sucks. I'm that not, means the spoilers are going to be all over the place. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just staying away. Just, I'm not doing it. You just got to make watching. it till Tuesday. That's all we got to make it till Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday, just, 1 o'clock. The poor people who bid, like, thousands of dollars on eBay for, for yeah, their tickets. tickets. <laughs> There's going to be some uh, cases open against some people oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. non-payment. Yeah, For sure. I, you know what though? Like they were talking about it last night on a lot of forums, like Reddit and shit. It's not going to affect the box office. Oh yeah, no, at all no. because most people will want to see it. You still want to see something like that in the yeah. big screen? Yeah. Well, the percentage of people that pirate like isn't as high as people would think. Like it has, there's like kind of like the uh, an entry of like I have to figure out how to download stuff and you know and and use BitTorrent site and, and right, not BitTorrent right. site, but like you know, it's it there's like a little bit of like you have to know how to use computers to, you know, pirate stuff and it's probably like I'd say like four or five percent of the people that watch movies like mm-hmm. are good at pirating, you know, yeah. So, the majority of the people are just gonna be like, "I'll just go see it in the movies." Mm. Like, why would you want to watch a shitty cam of it anyway? I know. They're, I know. I mean, not that I ever pirate, but if you do pirate, it's best to do it after the Blu-ray comes out. Just saying, so it's gonna be all shitty cams with some guy <laughs> walking in front of it, eating his popcorn all and loud and shit. Yeah. <laughs> How'd they even? What? Where has I'd, it been shown? I know it was shown like in India or something. Oh, okay. And it's believed that they got it from oh, there. That somebody. Like, Got it for her. Huh. Wow. Yeah. All right, Mara, what's your suggested viewing this week? Okay, I'm going a little different this week. Okay. Um, I'm suggesting a serial podcast called Under Observation. It's independently made by my friends from Sundown Pictures. Uh, it's about a girl who finds out that essentially her parents are not her biological parents. She gets a letter in the mail. It's kind of hinting that she's adopted and... Um, she goes on a very intense, intriguing journey to find out just exactly where she's from. And it's a thriller. It's about like six episodes. Yeah. And I think the episodes are about like 10, 15 minutes a piece. That's and, not bad. Uh, it's the first season. It's it's really fun. Oh, and I'm, I also acted in it too. So oh, I'm, plugging, uh, I'm plugging myself a little that's bit. Right. That's okay. No, that's okay. <laughs> but uh, I mean... Not only because I was in it, it's really good. Um, I hope we get to do a second season because yeah. it ends on a cliffhanger and it's it's really fun. It's Where do you guys record it at? Uh, well, we recorded it in their in their basement. Cool. So it's on Stitch, iTunes, a couple of other of them. If you look up under observation, cool. I've never like listened to story podcasts, so it's like a, it's just like in the old days, like on the radio, you had serial yeah. stuff. Yeah, and they even did like you know, uh, we did like the sound effects and everything, and like there was a point where like someone was like running away, and so like you know we would like run away and come back, so it would yeah. sound like you know we were doing everything. It, it was definitely oh, that's cool. It was fun to do, and then it was like really fun to like experience the story like mm-hmm. as i was doing it and then like hearing it all put together like episodically it's 
It's kind of intriguing, the whole editing process and putting all the, yeah. the sounds and effects and stuff in there. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, the, I mean, she did a really good job, Who uh, Lauren, who directed it and wrote it. And um, it's just, go out and listen to it. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds fun. This is fun. Yeah. <laughs> this is fun, too. Sometimes. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> so what are we talking about tonight, Michelle? Uh oh, us the movie <laughs> us. Oh, we should preface this with anybody that's watching this right now or listening to it later. There's going to be yeah. numerous spoilers for us, and I would assume Get Out because you you know he's only directed two movies. So yeah, I, I haven't seen Get Out. You uh, haven't seen Get Out? No, I was you know I I wanted to before tonight just yeah. in case, but I didn't get a chance to. Well, I'll try not to spoil Get Out yeah. then if you haven't seen it. I'm just saying it, it would it might come up because it's just the yeah. other movie he made. So people, a lot of people have been comparing us to Get Out and how they differ and how they're. Yeah, that's why I wanted to watch it just to see because I'll. I mean, I've seen Key and Peele, and yeah. I feel like it definitely compares to a lot of stuff on that show. Yeah, but Get Out and Us are two totally different things. A lot of people went into Us thinking yeah. that they were going to be thematically similar. And they're really not. I don't know why people thought that because it's just it's a whole different movie. Yeah, he's only had two movies. He doesn't have enough to be really like yeah. a tour kind of a mm-hmm. thing going. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does now because he has more than one. But yeah, just he changes it up each yeah. time, which is good. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Get Out I think was more like straight laced thriller type horror, where this is a little out there. Yeah, a little more outlandish, mm-hmm. I would say. So. What do we want to talk about first? Well, what did you think of it? What did you think of us? I I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was. I mean, my my like base guttural reaction is like it's probably one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. I don't typically like when I see a horror movie. It doesn't typically like stick with me and like freak me out and make me feel weird. But I was like scared the rest of the day. And like even the next morning I woke up and like I was I was home alone. Mike was at work already and I got out of bed and, and you know, everything was like drawn. All the blinds were drawn and everything. And like I didn't <laughs> want to open it because I thought I'm going to see those people in the red jumpsuits. Yeah, yeah. Like just milling around and trying mm-hmm. to do their hands across America thing. Yeah. I just felt like ugh, creepy. There and was a very strong sense of impending doom yeah. throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Throughout the entire movie. And you just really didn't know what exactly was going to happen. No. But I did kind of figure out that twist that was coming pretty early on. Yeah, I figured it out about halfway through. And then I was like, well, we'll see if that's what he does with it. Yeah, my husband did. And he said, he whispered to me. He was like, I think I figured it out. I'll let you know at the end. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm like terrified right now. I, I there's nothing for like, I couldn't. I wasn't even thinking about figuring anything out. Yeah. Right, like, right. That first scene at the carnival, through the the little, you know, the whole setup scene, I guess, was really scary to me. It was like really scary. Yeah, that's a fantastic setup. Like just everything about it, the way it was filmed, like mm-hmm. the pacing of it was perfect, like the imagery. Just everything about it, I was like, "Wow!" I was just, just, and then it, it's just a great setup. And then the music that kicks in mm-hmm. is like so fantastic. Like the guy that did the music for this one did the music for Get Out, and he's like really, uh, he has a lot of uh, variety, like in his styles. Like he can do like, like in Get Out, it was more like this. I want to say 
almost like this southern gothic style of a score mm-hmm. and in this one it was it sounded a little bit more like you know i don't know like an old 70s horror movie score yeah. like with the singing and the stuff like that so he's got a lot of range i guess yeah I lo- the score stood out to me i really enjoyed it and like the soundtrack too yeah like the pop the use of pop music was mm-hmm. obviously like spot on I just, I, when me and you went to the screening of it, I just remember like that opening scene when, well, not the opening scene, but when they're first at the boardwalk on like, holy shit, it's the same boardwalk from the Lost Boys. Yep. Oh, I didn't mm-hmm. notice that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Shot at the exact same location. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. That's a neat throwback. There's, you know? And you know what? There are so many just little like throwbacks and homages that like mm-hmm. are really subtle and that like. Just like hours later and even the next day, I was like thinking about stuff being like that was kind of like that. Like even from like uh, in the first scene where she's watching TV and it's in the 80s, the they show the Goonies. Mm-hmm. They have Chud. I don't know what else was there. Yeah, because there was like stuff strewn about the room. I can't remember what else was there, but they both seem to kind of like relate to the story a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I need to see this again because I, I only I only saw it the the one time yeah. and I've been meaning to go see it again. I just haven't had a chance yet. I want to see it knowing the twist. I to do see too. If like that changes anything, which I'm sure it does, because but I think what I like about Jordan Peele is like he's kind of like our age, sort of like how old is he? Like he's I think he's like in his mid forties. Yeah, he's just turned forty. Yeah, we just looked because okay. that's what I thought too. Because uh, so his his influences are like more contemporary, like more more people would recognize, you know, the stuff that he is, you know, using as homage. And then I kind of get annoyed online with people that try to call him out for using influences and homage when every director does it. Mm-hmm. They just don't they just don't know the references they're using because. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you watch like I watched Climax by Gaspar Noé and he has a whole scene where like he has he's inter- he's interviewing like these dancers and it's on a CRT television and right next to the television he literally has books and movies stacked and he said I just put all my favorite movies and, and influences and yeah, books there of course because every director has influences and and you know like I guess people get on Quentin Tarantino's case for it too but I feel like they try to undermine Peel by saying oh he just made you know get out was just step for wives and this is just the mirror uh episode from you know uh the twilight zone when like every director does that right they all have influences i don't understand why when he has influences everybody acts like he's like not creative that's how you use these influences and put your own stamp on oh it's prejudice absolutely i I agree i mean i thought that us was so unique Mm-hmm. So unique. He took a lot. He he pretty much took your expectations of a horror movie and kind of threw them out the window, yeah. but still gave you the essence of what's horror. I mean, the only thing I could really compare it to is like a slasher film, but even the rules of like a slasher film aren't there. Yeah. There was no downtime. Well, there was I think, no safe moment for them, really. And you never l- like, you, you just didn't know. A lot of time in a slasher film, you get an explanation of what's happening. Why is this person coming back to life again? Or how is mm-hmm. he coming back to life again? Or it's a supernatural power. Or no, there's no supernatural power. Mm-hmm. He's possessed with us. It's just, this is the story. Accept mm-hmm. it for what it is. Yep. I don't have to tell you exactly what happened or why it happened. 
we don't we're never really told why there's duplicates of them no are we yeah no it's just they're just they're just ours she just says i I guess like she's i think she says something like i guess a a human did this but we don't know when it started right it's like that's the only explanation you get so is this like something based in the realm of we all have a duplicate somewhere on the planet. Well, that's like a pretty old, like you know, trope. It's just like the the evil version of you, like you know, Spock's right. got the little fucking <laughs> evil Spock has a little beard and shit. Like the, it's yeah. like a pretty old trope, mm-hmm. you know, that there's like evil opposite version, mirror version of you. But like I think, I think what makes this movie different in using that trope is that the mirror image people like are people though. Like he makes you want to empathize with them a little mm-hmm. like like in any other movie the evil person is just evil you and they try to kill you at the end like but then yeah, this movie yeah. like evil are they evil because they're evil or are they evil because they've been subjugated and right. now they're fighting back like like if you you know right when when they're all the families in the house and then the tethered uh people come they're opposites uh they're you know they're clones or whatever like she sits them down and is like look you know I've had a shit life. Every time you had something good, I had to eat shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and for what? Like, they didn't deserve to be treated like that. They just were, they were just born underground or however they're made. Mm-hmm. Like, they were put into a situation that they didn't deserve. And then she's like, so you're thinking like, well, they kind of have motivation for the way they are, which is like more than a, another movie, I guess, would give uh a monster like that or like yeah, yeah. a threat, I guess. Mm-hmm. They just exist. Yes. And mm-hmm. I kind of like that. Right. You know, because I, I like letting my mind wander mm-hmm. a little bit and think about things instead of just being like, oh, this is why, this is how. Instead, he just kind of put it out there. Like, yeah, they're like exact physical duplicates. Yeah. I think he actually explained it a little too much. I uh, in the third act, I think he should have been even more ambiguous with it, because if you give the, the little bit he tried to have her explain it at the end, just makes people want to like, well, how do the rabbits eat, and what did you know? Did, right, they right. like think too much into yeah. you know, which like, I don't know. I guess I I almost I wish he would have just not explained them at all and just had the tether be downer and not have any explanation for them at all and I just see that yeah. and just be there. So if there's none, then everybody can be like, oh, make up their own mm-hmm. thing. But if you give a little bit. Then people want to go that that makes them want to go the extra mile to like put all the pieces together and they don't fit right. all together because if you like sit down and really just like hash out the tethered and like how they operate like it doesn't make sense if you just sit down with it like and pick it apart but it's not meant to be seen like that it's like a thematic thing it's not mm-hmm. supposed to be like literal I guess yeah. it's just meant to scare the shit out of you yeah right? yeah and it does because yeah. the unknown is scarier than the known of course. And and that touches on something else I liked about it because you can look at it and try to kind of be like, what what does he mean? Like, what's he talking about? We have doubles. There's this underground, and you know these people don't really have like free will. Like, what's he talking about? And there's a lot of things that you can like kind of discuss and analyze. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to, you can just like watch it and just like be scared shitless. Yeah, and just ex- experience it. And that's like to me, that's like the best art. You, the the way the ones that you can just do either one with yeah and i think everybody after get out they were expecting him to he became the social uh commentary horror guy which i don't he made one movie like that's the one movie that's what that happened to be about 
And then so like he kind of got typecast everybody's like, oh, he makes the social. Right. And then he's on the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Too, mm-hmm. you but know? when honestly, he's just Peel just makes movies. I don't think I don't think he necessarily is like always trying to make a political statement. And I think you can read right. us like one kind of, mm-hmm. but not as much racially. I don't think it's more like class structure yeah. to me, mm-hmm. like low class, high class and, and you know, capitalism and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. You can like read it that way. But I think I what I do like is that he makes movies and puts black people in the movie, but it doesn't have to be about them being black. It's mm-hmm. just it's just diverse. Mm-hmm. Like every movie that has a black person in it doesn't need to be about the black struggle and all that. Like no, it, it just... can be like Get Out absolutely was about mm-hmm. that. Like 100 yeah, percent is like that's why he made it. But, you know, us is more like he just has black people in a horror movie but they have all these different variety of roles that they can play now well they're not shoved into these tropes he just has black people in his movie like Mm -hmm. i just looked at the movie as this is a family Mm -hmm. on vacation yep and he's excited that he got this cheap ass boat you know like i mean they're just enjoying themselves on vacation it had nothing to do with them being a black family they're like a upper middle class family yep. going on vacation mm-hmm. and going to the beach mm-hmm. you know i think yeah that's what i like about it i like that that he just makes movies with black people in them but that doesn't necessarily have to be like about the about blackness itself you know and i, I know he caught a lot of heat because he said he was gonna he said he wasn't gonna make movies with a white protagonist is that what he says he said something he said he would not he doesn't see himself casting a white male lead in one of his movies all right so you know everybody pooped their pants about yeah we got enough yeah yeah no one's gonna lose out like it's enough space the pushback he gets like in the horror community just blows my mind like i i'm in a lot of horror groups and stuff and anytime he comes up it's like instant hate on him i don't i don't i just don't understand it like i don't either i don't i mean yeah they're so they're so scared of like different voices and horror like different people making movies like let a black guy make horror about black people what's the big damn deal you have like 900 movies about white people in horror like let almost every one almost every single one I know. That's why it's just so shocking to me that it's like, what are you threatened by? It's like they're so threatened. Though. They're no so one's gonna upset. take your huh. favorite movie away from you. Like, like no God. one's taking anything away. No, by they're adding, adding. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, I for one, I like that we're getting this more cultured aspect mm-hmm. to horror. I think it's great. Let's make a horror movie about a gay family. Mm-hmm. Two dads, yeah. two moms, whatever. We've never had that. What's the big deal? Right. Like literally it's a mom and a dad and their two kids going on vacation yeah. and all hell breaks loose. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal at all. No, yeah. and at like all. I Get think over it, the horror fans are pretty diverse, so it's yeah. like you want to yeah. see yourself, mm-hmm. you know. You're like a reflection of your own self yeah. in this story. Yeah. I don't understand. And people were melting down. Yeah. Like, oh, he's he's racist. Yeah, I was what? like... What? <laughs> and also, like, he had white people in his movies. Like, there's a whole white family in us. Right. And, you know, and it's never made, like, a thing like they're white or anything. They're just friends are white like well and he's married to a white woman too, yeah so uh, I'm pretty sure he's i think we can too. throw that yeah, one his, out his mother is white yeah yeah so he's you know 
I mean, I think the white characters were like kind of a little bit like of uh, like a com- like comedy, I guess, effect. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the whole, comic movie, the whole movie, everyone was comic relief at one point. Everyone had their lines and everything. Yeah. Um, I think they were a little douchey and like acted pretty stereotypically white. But yeah. it's like, that's funny. And it's that's, okay. It is okay. You know, I always say this to people and sometimes I get the eye. But stereotypes exist for a reason, mm-hmm. and that reason is they actually exist. They do. Well, it's like, they actually do exist. It's an easy way to you know write something and mm-hmm. to just kind of have it be what it is. I, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I <clears throat> they were they were f- fun to laugh at. Yeah. I didn't feel as bad when they got killed, which is something that I think is important when I watch a horror movie. If I'm going to be watching, you know, a bunch of, you know, really brutal, violent murders. Yeah. I don't want to have all this like, you know, three dimensional character development and, you know, relationship building. And then all of a sudden I'm like watching them be brutalized. I'd rather them be like douchey stereotypes who I don't care about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You deserve what just happened. She's like, you know, being like, oh, I got plastic surgery. Oh, not like you need any. And it's Mm -hmm. like, "Mm mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Black don't crack. Yeah. It's true. (laughs) I'm 100. (laughs) I'm 137 years old. But can we talk about, like, Tim Heidecker and, like, he's, like, really good in this? Yeah, he He did. He did more horror movies. He was, like, so good in it. I was like, what the hell? They were all good. Yeah. Every 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 person. I think that happens a lot, though. When you put an actor that's typically doing comedy or drama and then you translate them into or transpose them into a different type of film, usually they stand out like that. Yeah. Because, number one, mm-hmm. you're not used to seeing it, mm-hmm. but then they can put that comedic talent. I mean, because mm-hmm. his role in this, even though it was terrifying. Yeah. It was Still loaded with humor. I'm not yeah. like I'm not a. I know about Tim and Eric, but I'm not like a huge fan. I didn't realize it was him until afterwards. And my husband yeah. told me, and I was like, "Oh, that was like that was that yeah. guy." Oh, he was great. He was great. Yeah, Lupita was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, she was. I've never like really thought of her as like menacing, like as a menacing persona. Yeah, and she's so perfect as like like uh, red. And that voice oh, that she did, I was creepy. like, what the hell? Is this? It, like, everything about this movie is just so slightly off that, it, like, everything's off-putting all the time. Mm-hmm. Just people don't act right. Everything they say sounds weird. Why do you think her voice was like that? I, yeah, I don't know. Because, yeah, that was weird. I was trying to figure that out, too. I'm not sure. Because it seemed like everyone else didn't talk. Because yeah. the... the uh, I forgot what the like uh, bottom guys, uh, her husband, what mm-hmm. his name was, but he was just grunt. Mm-hmm. And I think so did the the uh, doppelganger of Tim too. They just grunted. I don't or, think like, anybody yelled, talked, but she did because she was obviously yeah. Maybe it was just a grunty voice from. Maybe she didn't really talk a lot. Because yeah, sometimes she didn't when you don't all, use your yeah. voice, if she has nobody to talk to when she's true. underground, if she has nobody to really communicate with other than grunts, your voice is going to sound untrained mm-hmm. and terrifying yeah. when you come yeah. out. Yeah. And she's been there since she was a child. Yeah, because yeah, how old do you think she was then? Like five, maybe? Yeah. She was really I little. think five. Yeah. I think five. What a cute little so, kid, though, too. Yeah, yeah she was. She was she really was. cute. The kids in this movie... They were great. The they kids were great. in this movie were fantastic. The, mm-hmm. the 
girl, the teenage girl, loved her. Mm-hmm. She really stole the show for me, and especially as her, uh, as her. What are they? What are they called? Uh, I want to call them like Morlocks. Oh, like the, from the tethered the machine. The tethered. Okay. Her, I was totally thinking about Morlocks too, though. I was like, damn, Storm down there or something. <laughs> <laughs> They're totally Morlocks. He's probably thinking about that. He's a nerd. Jordan Peele's a nerd. He's probably thinking that. Well, I, I especially thought too, like you, for, you couldn't tell like who they were or what they looked like at first yeah. when they were crowded around the house and then like they were like shooting by in the window and the 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 boy came by with his mask on mm-hmm. and it was like the white mask with like darkened eyes and, yeah. and I like thought for a second that's what that was mm-hmm. like he didn't have a mask on like yeah. he had some like super pale face mm-hmm. and I was like oh wow okay but then I noticed that he had the mask on so I thought that was maybe a reference too and, the, li- and the little kid was called Pluto I think I think so the other thing I did notice about this movie, too, is Get Out had a few kind of violent moments towards the end, but this movie, he really amped up mm-hmm. the amount of violence. It was way more yeah. than mm-hmm. anything. Oh, well, I forgot. You didn't see Get Out yet. So, But yeah, it's way, there's a lot more violence in this mm-hmm. than the last one. But also, I think, you know, there's like a lot of like surreal kind of like dream logic stuff going on. And that's in Get Out, but like a little bit. And I feel like he kind of like started leaning into this more artsy kind of uh, aesthetic. And like, I don't know, like I was really I think Get Out is better as a better movie. It's like tighter. Uh, it's the got way better script. It's just, the narrative is tighter. I think because he was working on it forever. Like you could tell, like he worked on Get Out for. I think he said he worked on it for ten years or something. Wow. So I mean, it's like an airtight script. Like it, that movie's like just pitch perfect every second, every foreshadowing, all the all the all the uh, imagery, all the symbolism is like just on every second mm-hmm. of that movie. Like this movie is a lot messier to me, um, a little less focused, but I like that it's ambitious and I like that he did something different and I like that he didn't that he didn't feel like he had to be like pigeonholed into making certain types of movies you know mm-hmm. and I also hope he doesn't always make horror movies too I hope he doesn't get like typecast as being the horror guy I'd like to see him you know branch out and try other things because I really like his voice I like I like his style it's interesting yeah. you know different even though he uses iconography that we recognize, he remixes it. Like, I got five on it. Like, that song, for one. Mm-hmm. So he took some <laughs> some old hip-hop song. I think that came out in, like, mid-90s, maybe late 90s. Yeah, I think late 90s. So he takes, you know, I got five on it, and he made it into, like, this symphonic horror-like yeah. thing. And it was amazing. Yeah, I know. It was cool. That whole part, I was like, wow. Like, like that's what he does he takes these things that he liked as a you know younger person and he like remixes them and and weaves them into like these new you know forms yeah there's a lot of stuff going on i mean even the fact that um the the boys wearing the jaws shirt through the whole movie um the black flag shirts that keep showing up yeah. because they have the like uh whatever that what was that uh 11 11 yeah 11 11 i couldn't that's funny because i was like what does that mean what does that mean and that's something my husband figured out too. He was like, "Well, the eleven eleven and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> oh yeah." But there was also some foreshadowing. I noticed um, I, the first thing that pops off top of my head is uh, the ambulance, where he would uh, wedge it in between the door, but then they got away in the ambulance in the mm-hmm. end. Kind of foreshadowing that. I I, I got to see it again. The second that they were, you know, 
revealed the twist, I was like, if I was at home, I would just be rewinding. I'd be like, <laughs> we got to start this over. So I can't wait to see it again. <clears throat> Those are the best movies, though. The mm-hmm. ones that you are like, mm, I need to see this again, and then I got to watch it again. Yeah. Because like, this will be a day one Blu-ray purchase for me. I will watch it I that night. I'm kind of interested to see what kind of special features are on there, too. Oh, that'll be fun. <clears throat> this is a, this is a uh, probably um, a soundtrack I would buy too. Yeah, if they released the score great. soundtrack. I was trying to find like just on YouTube so I could listen to it more. Like the symphonic, I got five on it. Oh, mm-hmm. isn't there five family members? No, four. Oh, there four. four. Oh, okay. What was that? Yeah. I was like, dang. One yeah, it was just the mom and the dad though. <laughs> yeah. Those little kids though, when they go in attack mode. Like, I mean, the whole, th- anytime mm-hmm. the actual violence is taking place, it is so fucking brutal. Yeah, it's visceral. It's good. Like yep. when they're at their friend's house yeah. and shit starts going off the wall. Yep. I mean, that's like, it's just straight up old school, gory mm-hmm. horror, which is. She's got the fire poker. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love that. She's got that for a while, too, yep. doesn't she? And I love when she's like, I'm driving. She's like, I have the highest kill count yeah. in the family. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, as uh, we saw it with like a really rowdy audience, and I know people don't like that, but it was so fun. Like everybody was super into it, yeah, and just yelling and shit. And like I was like, "That's what that's what movies are for." For I people agree. fucking excited about stuff. yeah to go and get into them. I yeah. would like to see it though with without the rowdy crowd. Yeah. The cr- just this crowd so, was fucking rowdy. Yeah, they were yelling and screaming. It and, was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it made it fun to when me. When I saw it, there was a rowdy crowd too. Yeah, everyone was laughing and screaming yeah. too, and like shouting stuff out, and it was fun. So you saw it this weekend. Yeah, was there still a decent crowd there for it? Um, it wasn't sold out, but I mean, it was there were people there. That's awesome. Yeah, because you would think this would have died out a lot. It's like what three or four weeks ago it came out. Yeah, Beale's got a lot of clout though. Now he like after he won that Oscar, and he's got a lot of mm-hmm. pool. You know, which is good. I, I like that he, that, you know, that's the, that's the way he's going. So what do we think the whole meaning of the Hands Across America thing was? Do you think just? Well, they show it in the beginning of the movie, the Hands Across America, like, commercial. Yeah. And then, so the Hands Across America was back in the 80s. They, uh, it was a fundraiser to stop poverty. Right. So the I, the imagery of the people holding the hands to stop poverty. So basically, like the tethered or the poor people, like they're like the lower class people. You're right. So like it's kind of like interesting, like the tethered me, the tethered mirror what's going on on the surface, right? Mm-hmm. So they're doing the same actions as the people on the surface, but they're not getting any of the benefits. Just like there's people in real life that uh, do their their class uh, situation. Like there's people that work 40 hours a week at McDonald's and there's people that work 40 hours a week somewhere else and they're doing work. They're both mm-hmm. doing 40 hours of work, but one person like can barely eat every week and the other person's got a lot, mm-hmm. which is capitalism in a nutshell. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, the tethered, like that's why they have the scissors and stuff. So like they want to cut themselves a- away. They want to be their own people. They want to do their own thing. So, that's like the hands across America is like the tethered are basically represent poor people or, or lower class people. Mm-hmm. That's how I got what I got yeah, from it. It makes sense. Yeah. There were a lot of them, though. Yeah. Well, everybody. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. theoretically, everybody has a tethered, right? And in the beginning of the movie, they talk about like there's all these underground, uh, s- like sewers oh. and stuff, like scary. just infinite amount. That's scary. Yeah. <laughs> so it really exists. So when they, I like oh when they God. come out and everybody's dead because all the tethered came up and everybody has a tethered. Uh-huh. So everybody does. So like basically, there's like an inverted Earth. Like there's like an Earth underneath the ground where just everybody has tethers. And then she's the first, and ob- and the only reason the tethered even coming up is because somebody that wasn't a tethered got stolen and switched and put down, and that's why she's the leader. It's not because she's like you know cares really; she just cares right. about herself. I mean, I mean, yeah, I was, it sucks what happened to her, but that's what like blows my mind the most about like them being swapped was like it makes the entire time you've been rooting for the wrong person the whole fucking movie. Yeah, yeah. That that's what's yeah. great about that that twist is that the protagonist you've been rooting for her but you know she's the one that's shitty and switched them but yeah. is she shitty for switching i them? know that's the thing is like are you who should you be rooting for it's really weird because yeah. you because she is the one who wanted i mean she could have just been left behind but she wasn't so you feel happy for her that she got out of it but yeah. then but then you're like oh <gasps> the other one got left behind yeah who was kind of trapped with this yeah she didn't deserve it either. It's yeah. like, it's... Yeah. Well, that's the whole point Divine is nobody work. deserves okay. to be treated like that. Exactly. Okay, so now I get the... Vo- See, thinking about this in context, now I get the voice thing even more. Nobody down there talks. They don't really have a way to speak. Mm-hmm. But she was from up there, mm-hmm. got swapped, so she talked before she ever even got down there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the reason, number one, she's the only one that talks, mm-hmm. but then she's not using it because she's probably afraid. Yeah. She probably doesn't want to use her voice mm-hmm. in front of these people yeah. because they might freak out and be like, hey, yeah, she like uh, infiltrated us. Well, they... Well, she ends up getting people's uh, confidence by dance, right? Is that what she says? That yeah. was that was why I wanted to watch so, it. And I was like getting so confused. So when she was dancing under, so she went. That, so wait, <laughs> so like, so she was the actual good dancer, and she got taken underground. So when the girl on the top was the, won all the ballet stuff, that was actually her controlling her. Yeah, I. That's what's blowing my mind. I don't know. I'm confused because I was thinking, like, who's the dancer? Because they said, too, she's not talking. You got to get her to do something if she's and they mentioned dance. Mm -hmm. So I thought, is that what happened? Like, they got her to dance and then somehow that awoken something in the bat. Yeah, it's so I also think maybe some tethered can be controlled more than other tethered because it seemed like uh, like the little kid and Pluto, they establish early on that Pluto mirrors what he does. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're in reverse because it's mirror image stuff. So that's why he walks him. He walks him back into the mm-hmm. fire. Like, but, you know, the other tethered don't kind of act like that. So it's like maybe it's like maybe you have to like maybe you if you know that you can control them that way, you mm-hmm. can like use that to your advantage, I guess. Yeah. The dad showed that, too, because he put his glasses up and then his his. Uh, mirror guy just like touched his face. Oh, I caught that. That yeah. was like the first thing I was like, "Oh, are they mirroring each other?" Like this is that's when I first put that together. But yeah, and then he puts his glasses on. Yeah. Oh, and I felt so bad. He kept hitting him in the leg with that uh, bat. Yeah, I was like feeling that. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh! And he grabs it and yanks it. In the beginning, Kyle 
told me about this one. He said that uh, one of the kids was eating Fruit Loops with no milk, like uh, Rose does. Yeah, in yeah. Get Out. I just thought that was a funny little, little, little Easter egg. Little duplicate stuff going yeah. on. Yeah, this I I need to watch this like ten more times now. Totally. Because there Easy. is always going to be little things you're mm-hmm. gonna pick out mm-hmm. in this. Absolutely. I mean, I think. I think a lot of people that so like get out so tightly woven together and like it's it's also very straightforward once you know get out what it's about when you rewatch it you're like oh yeah this leads to this leads to this leads to this us doesn't do that and I think a lot of people don't like that in their movies they like to be told what every single thing means they don't like ambiguity they don't like having to fill in blanks and I think that's why I, people maybe didn't react as positively to us as they did to Get Out because they were expecting more of the same and straight narrative. Yeah, just and a story. You might be right. You might be right. And us is think very so. little. It's t- it's teetering on art housey a little bit. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's very subversive too. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It doesn't just say, "Okay, this is exactly what's going on right now," and explain everything to you yeah from like the first frames mm-hmm. you're kind of you do got no training wheels you're just yeah. off which i loved like i was like engrossed right away and like i think within the first five minutes i was like okay i like this movie that was all i needed i knew i was like no matter how this ends i i'm gonna like this movie it is funny though too when you look on like social media facebook instagram blah 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 any kind of message board reddit how divisive this mm-hmm. has been yeah this is like this the the last jedi of <laughs> horror movies yeah people are like oh i fucked that movie i hate that movie mm-hmm. that was the worst ever and then you got people like us who are like no i really really enjoyed it because it wasn't straight laced yeah. i mean it's got flaws to it i i feel like the internet kind of is too binary now with opinions on things like it's either the worst thing that's ever happened like worse than hitler Mm -hmm. or it's the greatest thing that's ever been invented in the history of movies so like there's (laughs) there's no in between of criticism where you're like hey a lot of this a lot of these things worked and i liked it and i or i even loved it but here's i have some issues with Mm -hmm. some of it because i think i think there are issues with us i think i think it's paced weird i think the second act's way 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 too long and and I feel like the third act also goes on a little bit too long. Um, I honestly think you could trim probably like 20 minutes off that movie. Uh, I think... The, I'd say 15. Yeah. But the humor... Towards the end, I think. I yes. Agree. Yeah. I, I feel like it drags on way too much yeah. at the end, too. Like, it, it just needs to be... Con- I, I think the second act needs to be condensed a little bit. But, you know, I can say these things and still say I love that movie because I right. do. You know, like, you can love something and, like, point out it has issues. But people online... Like, they don't know how to do that anymore. They don't know how to say, I like a thing, but here are things I didn't like. But overall, I still liked it. Now, it's like, if you love something, you have to have, like, literally no negative criticism on it I whatsoever. Yeah. Or you don't apparently like it, you know. So, I I feel, I wish people would be a little bit more nuanced when they're critiquing something, you know. And not mm-hmm. just be, like, binary, it's shit, or, like, fucking Jesus, you know, Teabag my yeah. face. <laughs> is what, you know, there's like there's like in between here. Jesus teabag my face with Jordan Peele's us. That's gonna be our new rating system. It's gonna be just a big pile of poop and Jesus teabagging my face. So yeah. really, teabag no teabag. 
This is, that's what Rotten Tomatoes should change it to. <laughs> teabag, no teabag. Teabag, no teabag. <laughs> wow, I, I had like one more point to make, but just the the thought of the Jesus teabag totally wiped my mind clean. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus has got something to show to your face. Uh, oh, boy. I wish I could remember what I was going to say. Oh, I'm sorry. I, no, I messed okay. up everything. I'm sorry. Okay. It's worth it. I was trying to think you of the two silliest bag. things like to use for ratings. <laughs> <laughs> tea bag, no tea bag. Okay, I remember what I was gonna say. I was, I was honestly so in like awe of it and like just experiencing it that I don't even know if there is like. I'm sure if I watched it again, I might be like, yeah, there's problems here, or there, or whatever. But when as I was watching it, I was like, I was like, honestly, this doesn't happen to me like ever. But I was legit scared sitting yeah. there, so I wasn't like thinking like. Oh, this isn't working or this is working. Yeah. I mean, as far as like it being horror, it worked. For sure. Well, and I think for us, I mean, I'll be honest, we watch, I mean, the three of us and a lot of people from the site, Scott, Andrea, Tasha, we watch a lot of horror movies. Mm-hmm. So we get dragged through the mud with a lot of shit, especially those screeners. You don't have to watch. You yeah. don't watch them that much. So, yeah, thank God. Uh, <laughs> yes. I used to, though. Some of those horror screeners, they're hard to get through. So when you see something that's exciting or different like us that doesn't just take all the standard tropes and throw them in your face repeatedly, mm-hmm. it is kind of refreshing and kind of nice. Yeah. It stands out and you're like, oh, somebody actually thought of something new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. finally that's why you get a lot of those movies where the critic score is high and the audience score is low because critics are like oh my god something new i've just like because critics watch like fucking hundreds of movies every year mm-hmm. you know and and i'm not trying to slight anybody on anything i'm just saying what how it is critics watch more movies than normal moviegoers so critics watched 100 movies this year mm-hmm. and uh you know average moviegoers seen like five right Right. So like, you know, 100 guys like Jesus, I've seen this thing like 4000 times right. before, you know, so he's like over it, you know, and the guy has seen five movies is like, oh, this is new to mm-hmm. me, you know, right. Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, if it's too different, then they they feel like they wasted their money. That's another thing. I think people sometimes that that don't have movies as like a super huge hobby. They just go to movies for escapism. They want things to go a certain way. Right. They want to be, they want, they. it's expensive to go to the movies. It's like 15 bucks, you know, if you get popcorn, you can get like $20. So you sit down at your popcorn and you want to be thrilled and chilled and, and romanced and the good guy wins at the end. Yay. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's what you want if you go to movies for escapism. And then if you go to a, a weird art house movie where it's sad and, everybody dies and it's depressing and it's weird and arty and like all out of order and you have to like think really hard about it and it's like too much shit then you're like i wasted 20 dollars, and then you're like fucking yeah and then they go home and give it that thumbs down they give Mm -hmm. the Mm doo-doo so i think that's just kind of like what happened with us like people some people were expecting something a little straightforward and then they didn't get it and then they were like kind of like I don't know. They just felt cheated maybe or they just were like, what the heck is this stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, it still did really well. It was like the biggest horror opening of all time, which I guess doesn't really qualify anything because people were going to see it no matter what. Right. But it did have pretty good early reactions across Mm -hmm. the board. It didn't have really bad early reviews either. But again, that comes into that whole critical mindset versus just going for fun thing. 
I mean, critics like are people too. Like, like all of us, we're just yeah. regular people. We just watch a lot of movies. That's the only mm-hmm. difference. We just watch more mm-hmm. movies. But you know, so if I when I watched us, like I wasn't sitting there the whole time just like picking it apart. Like when I watch movies, normally I don't do that unless the movie's really bad. If I start wander, my mind starts wandering because the movie's bad. Then I'll start picking shit apart. Mm-hmm. But us, I never felt like that. The whole time I was watching, mm-hmm. I was just like, oh. And then when I sat down to write my view, then I started thinking back, like, oh, this, this, this. But mm-hmm. I, I didn't think that while I was watching it. So that's always a sign of a, at least an entertaining or, yeah. you know, intriguing movie is if I'm not picking it apart while I'm watching it because mm-hmm. it's I don't have time to. My brain's too much too into like what's going on, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly why I stopped taking a notepad to movies. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. when I first started writing reviews, if I was going to a screening or whatnot, I would take a little notepad with me and jot stuff down. I stopped doing that because I found that I was picking the movie apart as I was watching it. Yeah. I was yeah. taking notes. I'd rather just watch the entire thing and then on the ride home or for the next couple of days kind of stew on it mm-hmm. before taking a dump on something yeah well that's how i like to do it i like to get to just the full blast of the movie like the full feel just get as the guy intended i mean when they make a movie they don't make a movie intended for you to sit there and take notes while you're watching it they want you to lose yourself inside the Mm -hmm. movie and experience what they made and then afterwards you know you can kind of mull over it yeah but yeah i see there's some people i know that they some critics they they note take and i'm like how how, how you do that i used to do that like when i was in school i would do that when i was watching movies for class i would you know i'd get nervous because i'd be like this is for a grade you know i gotta do this and and then i would get like totally lost in my note taking and i'd write weird things and i'd be like what the hell does this mean and (laughs) i you know when you abandon it you you come up with more like better things to say i think i think it's easier to get like a thematic reading of a movie if you don't take notes yeah which is how i like to review films i like to i like to i'm less i'm less on the technical aspects of movies and more like what was the director trying to say to me like yeah. with this movie like what was his intent and was his intent successful like yeah the technical stuff like you know like you can always tell, like, film students and stuff, like, they're like, he used this type of camera, and, was, <laughs> and I didn't like the lighting in scene seven, and, you know, it's like, okay, but, you know, I could nitpick that shit all day, so who cares about that? I want the context of the story Yeah, but how did the movie make happen? me feel, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, how did it, how did, like, the director's vision come out to me? Like, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. That's why, and that's why I read in other reviews. I like to read reviews of people that are like dissecting what the movie meant and like stuff. I I, I don't really like highly technical uh, pick apart reviews. You know, those aren't those that don't tell you anything. Yeah, if you want to know if you should watch a movie, yeah, it doesn't tell you anything. Yeah, because most nine out of ten people don't notice that anyway. Right. You know, and even if they do, it usually doesn't impede anything. They're just like, oh, yeah. You know? If you want to read a really good review, read my review of Hellboy. <laughs> man, that movie's getting pooped on really Oh, bad. man. Mm. It's so bad. It's so bad. I'm going to get a big beer at the theater and go see it. Like, on oh. a day when it's like $5. Yeah, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. I was sad because I like Hellboy. So, but this I'm hoping kinda... it has at least trash, like, uh, enjoyment. No. It doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't. Like Venom had trash enjoyment to me. Everybody yeah. hated Venom, but like Venom has such a fun performance in it. Like I was like, yeah. a lot of people really liked Venom though too. Yeah, Venom got really bad reviews, but I thought it was kind of fun to be honest. I didn't like it at all, but I will buy 
the Blu-ray at some point and watch it again, like when it's like four ninety nine yeah. family video or something. That's what I get everything. Yeah, too. but my point was, you know, like Get Out is the kind of movie you can like sit there and stew on. Hellboy, it was just total shit. Yeah, there's no thinking involved. It was just grand poop. And even <laughs> movies like you know, people will say you gotta turn your brain off but i feel like there's Mm-mm. even a successful way to make a turn your brain off movie totally. that's still like good yeah like there, i don't mean like turn your brain off like literally nothing matters in the whole movie and you shouldn't care like i'm trying to think like tucker not. and dale yeah it's a great example it's have like, you seen tucker and dale versus it, evil no. oh man you'd like that movie oh you, you would know, i just got that. recommended that movie the other day yeah by a friend but yeah. that that's a good turn your brain off movie and you can enjoy all the satire and yeah. comedy, and it's really smart. The comedy mm-hmm. in this movie, mm-hmm. the way it just spins all the horror tropes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and us kind of does that too. It's not really that funny. I mean, it is in parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's a very smart film. Overall. I think it makes it scarier when parts are funny. Like there's just really good contrast. Like Peel's so good at at like weaving comedy in the horror. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to do right. And he does it he does. in this movie. I think it makes it more scary because you're uh, like you're relating more to these these people, and it's making it more realistic because people do say funny things mm-hmm. in situations, or and some people like don't lose their sense of humor. They might even get like more goofy in a situation like yeah. that because they're trying to deal with it. So yeah, I agree. oh yeah, when I get stressed, if I had that shit going on, I would just be making jokes the entire yeah, time. Yeah, like sick jokes. I mean, yeah. there's the whole like the Freudian joke, you know, the story about the guys in war and like the uh, guy gets blown away and the like corpse is laying there and they just keep like making jokes about the corpse the whole time and it's like they get out of war and they're like, yeah, that was sick that we did that, but like mm-hmm. we had to so we wouldn't go insane dealing with that like yeah horrible thing. Yeah, so it works. And I, I mean, I, I kind of went back and revisited uh, Key and Peele because I, I loved that show when it was on. Did did either of you, both of you, watch I it? I did not yeah. really watch it. Yeah, I used to watch it. Um, and one of the things I had noted when it was on is how many of the skits are like actually like horrific and yes. like really, really fucking violent. Yes. And so when I had heard that he was, you know, had done a thriller and then a horror movie, I was like, well, he's going to do a good job on this. It's going to work. And it did. It had that very similar sensibility of the, you know, being creepy, but, you know, having it be, have a sense of humor and have his, his personality. It really came through. Honestly, I think maybe this is a bad comparison, but between these two movies, I think the director I compare him the most to, and I know we don't really like to make a lot of comparisons, but really it is very, and and I hate that, oh, he's the next this, he's the next Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. but very reminiscent of Spielberg because Spielberg can do so many different things, and this guy is doing it. Like, he's doing The Twilight Zone, but he's doing, he had a comedy Mm -hmm. show, and then he did Get Out, which was more of a cultural statement, and then he goes more straight-laced, weird Mm -hmm. horror with this, I think it will be interesting to see what is next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully he doesn't do horror next. Yeah, you yeah. know, I think he could do a, a lot of different things. And, and um, it'd be interesting to see him do something like, you mentioned Spielberg, like maybe more Spielberg-ish, like about, you know, like not 
a horror, but maybe like a coming of age story about like, straight sci-fi or, or sci-fi would be cool too. Yeah. yeah. Like any, I think, I think he could do it. I really do. He can do anything, man. <laughs> and he, I think, yeah, he's just finding his voice, mm-hmm. you know, and he's, he's already got two, like he has like one, like I think get out is a straight masterpiece to be honest. I've seen get out probably like five or six times. Yeah, me too. It's absolutely fucking airtight masterpiece movie. And, and anyway, in a sophomore effort, was still pretty damn good, and it was ambitious, which I liked, and it was, you know, it was weird and interesting and intriguing. So, you know, I feel like he's got a good road ahead of him. And interestingly enough, like, you know, Get Out opened the doors for so many other like uh, people of color to like get stuff um, funded and uh, like produced. And uh, I was watching this. Uh, documentary called Horror Noir on Shudder which was about uh, black horror and they talked and they have like kind of a they have an interview with Jordan Peele in it and then they talked to some other actors and they were saying that people were actually changing scripts they had to from white people to black people because they wanted to like ride the get out like train of like how they were like talking they were basically like dude Jordan Peele opened so many doors for black actors and black scripts it was like insane and he like has his own company i think his own production company yeah Yeah. so you know like i know as i was trying to like say like oh his new movie is not as culturally significant but like just his voice is culturally significant and it's opening up doors for other people that they're like they were like oh hey a black director can be successful and you can make a successful uh, black-led horror movie and it not be full of like tropes and stuff you know like you can just have a horror movie with black people in it and it's like and it makes money and us made money us mm-hmm. didn't bomb or anything oh so. no I mean, we did phenomenal yeah that's pretty did much all they care the about office. too if they can yeah. make money yeah so so i think that's that's just another good like windfall from peel you know breaking out with with get out is that it opens doors for other smaller people that have been trying to get shit made for years and yeah. they couldn't because they were like oh it's too niche or whatever you know so now well and now the studios are like looking for that yes. next thing yeah what's mm-hmm. the next thing what's the next get out you know mm-hmm. indian horror it's it's, uh, it's already there i was gonna say i've been, i don't know if i've seen any Indian. yeah movies. we actually reviewed one a what few was, weeks ago what was it called uh rakash rakash interesting tasha reviewed it oh uh didn't that person make other stuff too or was it that the same one i think this was a different person oh okay yeah yeah but you know you're seeing that now horror is kind of getting into different cultures different yeah. people making mm-hmm. it stuff like that oh yeah it goes through like like little phases too because you know early 2000s j horror was like super big because the ring and like uh, all those other all those other japanese horror movies were like storming the place and then for a little while it was korean horror Mm -hmm. then you had the new french extremity that was like in the mid 2000s so like goes yeah so it goes like in all these like little cycles so i'm hoping maybe black lead horror will be another Mm -hmm. cycle that we'll go through and we can see more of that kind of stuff that is what we need to do we need to do a full episode on martyrs. Man, that'd be rough. That would be hard. Do we even have people on the? Have you seen martyrs? No. Oh, it's dear pretty rough. Lord. What is it? <laughs> it's a French horror film. Yeah. I think I'm gonna have to dig that one out for. It's like top three most distressing movies I've ever seen, <laughs> and like, and, yeah, it and is. I make it my business to watch distressing movies. Like I, mm-hmm. that's what I do. 
and it's <laughs> like top three for me. And I've seen some shit. I've seen like any every shitty, horrible, like extreme movie you can think of. I've seen it, and mm-hmm. even Martyrs, I was like, ooh, ooh. it pushes oh. the envelope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you seen a Serbian film or no? No. Okay, we need to start her out with Martyrs first. <laughs> we had to prep you I, for I, the I, other one. We'll talk about it later, but I probably won't watch it. Yeah, it's pretty okay. rough. <laughs> I was, I don't think we could get. There's certain things I won't watch. Maybe yeah. Andrew, Andrew seen there's it. No, there's no. What's that? Martyrs. Martyrs. Yeah, Jesse's seen it too. Yeah, Jesse. I think Scott's seen it. Yeah, that'd be a rough one. I could talk about that movie for quite a while though. Me too. It's a pretty interesting film. All right, how do we feel? We good yeah. with this talk? Should we wrap it up? I think we're good. Yeah, we covered. I'm ready to watch everything. the movie again. And should I watch like, Get Out. I wish. Yeah, I should have brought it. it. So I should have brought it with me. You could have borrowed it. Dang yes. it. Oh, Get Out. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta. Well, maybe I'll watch it tonight. I don't have to be up for work until late tomorrow. Oh, I gotta be up. What <laughs> six a.m. again? Five a.m. Ooh, Ooh yeah, disgusting. It's terrible. All right, folks. This was episode one thirteen of Real Crime. We'll be back next week. <laughs> I have no idea what we're gonna talk about, but we'll think of something good. It'll be fun. Yeah, and <laughs> and the really cool thing is, me and Michelle will have seen Avengers Endgame. Oh, no, but you won't be here next week, so... No. Did you uh, want to talk about Endgame? I don't know. Maybe we'll do that the next week. All right. Well, nobody's going to want to listen to it until it comes out, so... We'll spoil that shit, yeah. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be like, we ain't even fucking looking at this podcast. We don't even care. All right, folks. Thanks for watching. Thanks for Visit listening. We'll see w- you next w- week. www.themoviesleuth.com and find The Movie Sleuth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and iTunes. <laughs>